Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another training camp edition of The Rebuild. Like I said, we're coming with you with training camp updates every day here, even when it's draft day for the NBA. And the Cavaliers just took Evan Mobley not too long ago. I have the draft on here in the background. Still got to bring you Browns news because it was day two of training camp, and there is plenty, plenty to talk about. And to me, the place to start today is with Baker Mayfield, because so far, nothing but great reports coming out of the camp. He apparently only had two com- incompletions today. He's zipping it all over the field, but these practices without pads, yes, but he's looked great by all accounts. Everybody who's there says Baker looks fantastic. And so there's been a lot of talk about, hey, you know, is Baker going to be improved in year two of Kevin Stefanski's system. And I think that's a central question for this team. Kevin Stefanski was asked about it today in his press conference, and he said, I know he's the QB. Everybody wants to talk about him, but we all need to be. And sure, that's true. But really, to me, you know, this Brown season hinges on, is Baker Mayfield going to be a top 10 quarterback? Is he going to play like he did in the last eight games of the season? Is he going to ascend into that real top tier of guys? You know, Mike Sando's quarterback tier list came out. We don't have to, you know, discuss that right now. I'll wait and discuss that with Jordan. But I don't think anybody really considers Baker Mayfield in that very top echelon of quarterbacks with the Rodgers, with the Mahomeses, et cetera. But can he get to the fringes of that by next year? Because that's the way this team wins a Super Bowl. And Although you would think, okay, yes, Baker's now in his fourth season. He'll continue to improve. It's obvious he should be on an upward trajectory. That is not how it works for most quarterbacks. It's really not. Most quarterbacks take the biggest leap between their first and second years. Of course, Baker Mayfield had Freddie Kitchens in his second year. We don't have to rehash all of that right now. But that's just the facts. Statistically, most quarterbacks and this, I would say the study people cite the most for this is one that Paul Alexander did a few years ago. There's a bunch of them out there, but we'll use this one for a second. So they look at, at you know, DVOA as their big metric, and, and they look at that for, for quarterbacks. And basically, between their first and second year, quarterbacks on average go up 12% or so in DVOA. By the third year, minus basically minus 5%. Fourth year, minus 5% again. And then it kind of bounces up and down between zero and minus five throughout most of their career. Uh, you know, it, it jumps back up again if guys make it, you know, 12, 13, 14 years. But why would that be? Why, why is that right? Why do quarterbacks take the leap between year one and year two and then slowly decline in year three and year four? Well, if you think about it, year one, you know, they're struggling to figure out the league. And by year two, the game slows down for them a little bit, right? Typically, you have the same coach, you have the same coordinators, you get more weapons uh, after being drafted to a really bad team, and all of a sudden, you're off and running, the the DVOA goes up. But by year three and four, the league starts to figure out, okay, this is what this guy likes. This is how they've designed the offense around him. Here's how we're going to game plan for him. Well, none of that really applies to Baker Mayfield in quite the same way. And I think that's why he could be an exception to this rule. 
That's the hope for Browns fans is Baker Mayfield did not have continuity with his coaches, with his skill position players. Baker Mayfield had lots of turmoil in, in this organization surrounding him these last couple seasons. He has not had the same coordinators, the same system at all until Kevin Stefanski came in. So now he gets the same system, that same continuity. It's almost like resetting the clock, and this would be his year too. Year one was a solid rookie year. You see the flashes towards the end of the year. Now he's back. Same system, same coach, continuity among the skill positions. All right, now's the time where he would take the second year leap. The only difference is it's in year four and a critical contract here and a critical year for the Browns as a team, given the fact that they have a very complete, you know, Super Bowl caliber roster at this point. But that to me is the key to the entire Brown season. And it's been the discussion today. And it's something we can't lose sight of. I've said it consistently on this show. I think Baker Mayfield right now, if I had to pin it, is somewhere between the 10th and 12th best quarterback. But he could really be anywhere from like 7 to 15, in my opinion, as far as league-wide. And if he's closer to 7, or maybe even pushing beyond 7, you know, really exploring that ceiling, this team is a Super Bowl team. It has every making of a Super Bowl team. But if he's not, if he's 15, then it's going to be a lot harder for this team to overcome the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the other elite teams in the AFC that have comparably great rosters, but also a quarterback that are, are more proven to go along with those rosters. I think Baker Mayfield can do it, but we'll, we'll, time will tell, and this is going to be a critical season for him. The other major storyline that came out of camp today had to do with the kicker Oh, boy, do I regret saying that, that Cody Parkey was a key offseason retention for the Pirates. One for five on kicks today, and it was not pretty. These were not exactly all 50-plus yarders that Cody Parkey was missing. And meanwhile, his kicking counterpart, that's his competition for the job, was five for five. And that guy's Chase McLaughlin. He's the other guy that the Browns brought into camp to be competition for, for Cody Parkey. Now, Let's rehash, you know, what Cody Parkey did for the team last year. The reason I said that Cody Parkey was a key offseason retention is he stabilized a position that, that was previously unstable. 19 for 22 last year. Yes, he didn't make anything super long. I think 46 was his longest make, but he was 43 of 47 on extra points. Very consistent across the board. Is he a top kicker in the league? No. But... He's not a disaster either, and you have to take that and count your blessings because the Browns, since the departure of Phil Dawson, have had some disasters, and you see how that can be the detriment to so many teams out there. Every year it feels like there's a playoff team with a kicker that just can't get it done. But Cody Parkey is also not good enough where you can say his job is perfectly safe going into camp either, and he was pushed by Chase McLaughlin. So this is just something we're going to keep an eye on. And no definitive decisions yet. It's one day. But if you're wondering who Chase McLaughlin is, I've got you. I did the research because I was curious today when his name came up. So he was undrafted out of Illinois. Uh, you know, I'm a Big Ten guy. I should have remembered him from Illinois, but I didn't, if I'm being honest with you. Can't say the kicker was the guy I researched the most going to broadcast those games. So 
McLaughlin, you know, first team all Big Ten, yada, yada, you know, a classic resume for a kicker coming out of college that's going to make it. So far, he really hasn't kicked a whole lot in the pros. He, he came into the league in 2019 and, and basically was in spot duty for the Colts, the Chargers, and the 49ers, three different teams. On the whole, 18 for 23, he did make a 50-yard field goal, 100% on extra points. That was interesting to me. Never missed an extra point, or at least he didn't in 2019. In 2020, he did miss one uh, for the Jags. So he also bounced around in 2020, kicked for the Jags and the Jets. So tallied up in total, he's kicked for five teams. He's 31 of 32 on extra points. He's 22 for 28 on field goals. He's made some 50-yarders. That's your brief Chase McLaughlin summary. You know, just something to keep an eye on. I don't think Cody Parkey is a shoe in for the roster spot. So if you're yelling at your TV in three months' time at Chase McLaughlin, you'll at least know his background as a kicker for this team. The only other thing I thought that was interesting uh, to note coming out of camp today is it does look like Anthony Walker is going to be the signal caller for the defense. He will keep, you know, he's going to play that middle linebacker position and have the mic in his helmet. John Johnson the third would have been the other candidate for that. He was the signal caller for the Rams last season and the captain of that defense in Los Angeles. But Joe Wood's going to stick with a traditional middle linebacker that's going to be on the field you know, every down, and it's going to be Anthony Walker in the same way that it was B.J. last year. So not a huge surprise here. But with the addition of John Johnson, we all know that lots of safeties are going to be on the field for the Browns, maybe less linebackers, but still Anthony Walker going to be the signal caller for this Browns team. And, and I think you got to be perfectly comfortable with that. Walker, is a veteran at this point, been in the league for a number of years, playing the middle linebacker position. Of course, also went to my alma mater, Northwestern. And so you have, you know, was the signal caller there. He's been doing this for a while. I, I can't see anybody having any issues with that. So. That's your training camp update for day two. As I mentioned on the last podcast, Jordan and I will be doing these together going forward as often as we can. It just so happened that Jordan was on draft cover the last two nights for the Cavaliers, which very exciting stuff. They took Evan Mobley. I'm a Cavs fan too, so I'm really excited for that. But we're Browns podcast, so going to stick to the Browns talk here on this one. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Until next time, Browns fans, just two words for you. Go Browns.